This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. WBBM News Time 12.03. It's great to have you with us for the Monday edition of the Noon Business Hour. I'm Cisco Cotto. The Noon Business Hour is presented by Republic Bank of Chicago. It is Stock Picker Monday. Right now, we're still digesting last Friday's government jobs report, while the week ahead will include the release of minutes from the last meeting of the Fed and the report on producer prices. Let's talk about it with Gus Fauché, Chief Economist at PNC Financial Services in Pittsburgh. Uh, Gus, let's begin with the jobs report. What do you make of what we saw? Well, it was, you know, very good across the board. Added 917,000 jobs, the most since August. We saw the unemployment rate fall. Uh, We saw more people looking for work, which is a good indicator. Uh, Job growth was solid across industries. So a lot to like about it. And I think we're seeing a pickup in employment now that we're getting more vaccine distribution, stimulus checks distributed, uh, and consumers feel more comfortable going out with the warmer weather. And a number like that, 916,000, is that what we want? to begin seeing every month in order to really get the economy going again? Uh, yeah, you know, we're, we're still down about eight or nine million jobs from where we were before the pandemic. So we still have a long ways to go. Uh, but certainly if we see job growth north of 500,000, uh, you know, that's a good pace that will allow us to quickly uh, make up those lost jobs. Uh, and I think it's possible that we could see job gains of that size uh, through the rest of this year and then into 2022, excuse me. So let's move to the Fed, pivot there. Uh, What do we expect to hear from the Fed? I know they've sort of been a steady hand here during the pandemic. That, that's right. They keep, they've kept interest rates very low. That's led to a very strong housing market that's supporting growth right now, business investment, uh, consumer purchases of big ticket items like cars and appliances. Um, you know, the, the Fed has made it clear that they are going to keep interest rates low until we see both a full recovery in the job market, but also higher inflation. Uh, inflation has been well below what the Fed has been shooting for for years now, uh, and they want to make sure that inflation uh, gets to two percent and is actually uh, sure to stay above two percent before they decide to raise interest rates. So um, I think that the minutes will reinforce that and that will help reinsure investors that interest rates are likely to stay low for another couple of years. Yeah, a lot of people have been concerned as the 10-year Treasury rises, a lot of people concerned about whether those interest rates are going to stay low. Um, that's right. And, and certainly, I mean, interest rates are higher than they were at the, in late 2020, early 2021, still very low on a historical basis. So that 30-year fixed mortgage rate is still around 3%. Um, I don't expect in, to see interest rates rise much uh, further uh, through the rest of this year. I think we've gotten, you know, a big increase in recent months, but investors have built that in. Uh, and I don't think that interest rates where they are right now are impinging on the recovery. Producer prices, uh, tell us, you know, for the novice, why those are important and what you expect to see there. 
So those are the prices that businesses pay for their inputs. So the goods that go, you know, the commodities that go into it. So it's raw food prices, uh, oil prices, that type of thing. And, and that can lead to consumer inflation down the line. Um, that being said, we have seen big increases in, in many commodity prices recently, but uh, businesses haven't passed much of those on to consumers yet. Uh, I still think that inflation is uh, under control and even with higher uh, commodity prices, higher producer prices, I think that consumer prices are going to remain contained, and I'm not terribly worried about inflation at the economy at this point. Thanks so much. That's Gus Fauché, Chief Economist at PNC Financial Services. Coming up, where is Generation Z getting financial direction? A new survey finds people in their 20s are nearly five times as likely as adults ages 41 and over to say they get financial counsel from social media. Ted Rossman is here, industry analyst at creditcards.com. Ted, kind of bring us up to speed here. The poll's basically saying people go online for their advice. Yeah, I thought this was really interesting. Unfortunately, a third of U.S. adults are not getting any financial advice at all. And among those who are getting financial advice, some of it, as you said, is questionable. The fact that 28% of Gen Zers and 24% of millennials are getting financial advice from social media. It's funny, that was the least trusted resource that we asked about. Only 21% say social media is trustworthy. But a lot of people are looking at it. And among those who are, half think that it's good advice. So I think you need to be careful there. And you never know. I mean, a lot of times this is just sort of your friends or it. uh, I'm going to go way down the line here. It could even be bots just throwing things out there if you're on a social media platform. Yeah, and you just need to be careful. And that's true with other forms of financial advice, too. I mean, that, that to me is the main point is that there's not necessarily one medium that's always going to be good or another that's always going to be bad. I think you need to take in a variety of perspectives. The number one financial resource that we found is people's friends and family. And that could be dangerous, too. You know, sometimes good advice, sometimes really bad advice. So I would say think about your own money goals and values and take in a variety of perspectives figure out what works for you, because it's not one size fits all. You know, everybody has different goals, different net worths, different time horizons, different risk tolerance. The number one thing is just educate yourself, take it all in and figure out what works best for you. Well, that's actually a helpful reminder. It's not as simplistic to say, hey, social media, don't get your information there. You can get it from social media. It just depends on who you're getting it from. I think that's really important. And the same thing, too, for financial professionals. I mean, great resources, often very helpful. Some bad apples, of course. I mean, it was interesting that seven in 10 Americans trust financial advisors and banks. And I think that really shows a lot of improvement for banks. I mean, it wasn't that long ago we were talking about Occupy Wall Street and this real sense of distrust. They've rebuilt their relationships, and a lot of that is through technology. I would argue, especially young adults, really trust technology. So when Goldman Sachs partners with Apple on a credit card, that's a real winner. Google and Citi are working together on checking accounts. I think we're going to see more of this. And so is that the advice? Again, regardless of the medium, go to the trusted sources. As you're saying, it sounds like people are already trusting some of those sources. They are, and I think that can be a good thing, but even there, it's not one-size-fits-all. I mean, you want to make sure that if you're working with a financial advisor, first of all, do you need to be? You know, for some people, that's an expense that 
maybe is not required. Maybe their financial situation is pretty simple and they don't need to be paying those fees. Other times it could be very worthwhile. Um, But even there, take the time to meet with a few different people and find out whose style fits you the best. You know, don't just blindly walk into your bank and sign up for whatever they're offering. Shop around, you know, get a few different investment ideas or credit card ideas or whatever the case may be. I think one of the big mistakes people make is that they just kind of fixate on one thing and it's that hot stock tip from their brother-in-law or, you know, it's something that they read about cryptocurrency or, you know, whatever it is, I think you've got to make your own decisions and not enough people are putting the time and effort into understanding that. Really good insight. Thank you. Ted Rossman, industry analyst at creditcards.com. Just ahead, the upcoming all-electric Hummer SUV will include a six-figure price tag. That, and then at 1249, Stock Picker Monday. News that makes you money. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. General Motors is unveiling its all-electric Hummer SUV. Joining us with the details on the McGrath-Lexus business line, John McElroy, automotive industry analyst, host of Autoline.tv, based in Detroit. John, tell us, what's Hummer announcing here? Well, you know, they already announced last year that they're coming out with an all-electric pickup truck for only $113,000, at least at the launch date. Today, they just announced their SUV version of the same kind of vehicle. So instead of a bet on the back, you know, it's more like an SUV. The initial one will go for $110,000. Now, they'll come out with lower-priced ones, but even when they chop the price down, Cisco, uh, the cheapest one's going to be about 80000 bucks. And given their client base, is that, is that a big deal? I mean, it seems like their customers are going to pay it. Oh, they will. In fact, you know, this is what GM is doing on two counts. Number one, come out with something that really grabs people's attention. And as you'll remember, a decade ago or so, Hummer, oh my gosh, the environmentalists hated that. It was a gas guzzler. It was a polluter. It was destroying the planet. So GM made these electric, and boy, it's getting headlines all over the place. Second thing GM wanted to do, put out the most expensive ones first. They know there's people who got to have those kinds of vehicles, and GM will be able to make good profit off them. I'm seeing pretty good mileage here, 250 miles or so on a charge for a big vehicle like that. That's pretty good. Well, actually, they, they claim today it's going to be 300 miles. Wow, wow. So now, again, when they come out with the cheaper versions, maybe they're going to put in smaller batteries. So maybe it will drop down to 250 miles at that point. And in that technology, seems like it just keeps getting better all the time. One of the things that's making people leery about electric automobiles is the range, especially if you want to go out of town for a trip or something, and yet the technology for batteries just keeps getting better. It is. I mean, we're still in the early stages. You know, give it about another four or five years, the battery technology is going to be just as good as piston engines. Thanks so much, John McElroy, automotive industry analyst, host of Autoline.tv. Still ahead, experts say the personal information of half a billion Facebook users has been posted on a hacking website. This is Chicago's all-news station, News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. 
The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. I'm Cisco Cotto. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. We're learning more about a confrontation with Chicago police that left a teenage boy dead. This is Bernie Tafoya. There are some hotly and not so hotly contested races on the ballot for tomorrow's municipal elections. Cybersecurity experts say the personal information of hundreds of thousands of Facebook users is available to hackers. It's Stock Picker Monday. We'll get a couple of recommendations from an investor. Pro On Wall Street, the Dow up 379 points, the Nasdaq is up 213, and the S&P is up 57 points. Oil is down 5.25%. Sunshine in Chicagoland, some clouds, also some scattered rain showers. We're heading to a high of 78 degrees. Right now, it's 67 degrees. Mayor Lightfoot is calling for the implementation of a new Chicago police foot pursuit policy following a chase in the overnight hours a week ago in which 13-year-old Adam Toledo was shot and killed by an officer. Police Superintendent David Brown is releasing more details about the deadly incident and why there was a delay in identifying the dead teenager. Adam had no identification on him. The 21-year-old man who was with him and was arrested for resisting provided a different name from Adam, gave a false, phony name. And we lost considerable time trying to identify Adam because of the wrong name. Mayor Lightfoot also wants to see a probe into who gave the boy a gun, saying that person needs to be held accountable. Tomorrow is Municipal Election Day in Chicagoland. In Oak Lawn, 91-year-old Tom Coronas is running as a write-in candidate for mayor against 73-year-old retired Oak Lawn police officer Tom Vorderer. Coronas tells Pat she's running because he wanted Vorderer to have a challenger. In Hoffman Estates, longtime Mayor Bill McLeod is facing two challengers, retired Police Lieutenant Mark Mueller and Nicholas Warius. In Orland Park, a mayoral race is underway that has seen an avalanche of mail and TV ads as former Mayor Dan McLaughlin challenges current Mayor Keith Peacock. Bernie Tafoya, News Radio, 105.9 FM. Hey, remember, Odyssey is your new home for all the audio that matters to you. Download the Odyssey app, A U D A C Y, to listen to WBBM anytime. It's 1232. Buy, sell, listen. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The Noon Business Hour is presented by Republic Bank of Chicago. Markets are rising at the start of this trading week. The Dow up 393 points. The Nasdaq is up 212. And the S&P is up 58 points. Let's find out what's going on. Scott Magnuson is here, Managing Director at Morgan Stanley in Oak Brook. Scott, what do you make of what you're seeing on Wall Street today? Well, it's pretty much what we expected, Cisco. As you know, Friday we were closed, the equity markets were closed, and we got that very strong unemployment number. Uh, we were looking for 647,000 new non-farm payrolls, and we got 917,000, with the unemployment rate falling to 6%. So that was really good news, and the market, equity market didn't have a chance to react to that on Friday, so I think you're getting some of that today. And are they thinking that this is going to be good news in, in a broad fashion across all sectors? Yes, I think I think that's what the market's telling you. You know, we've had several weeks in a row now where the markets have been moving in different directions. Nasdaq, the tech-heavy Nasdaq, has been dropping on certain days as money's rotated out of what I call the stay-at-home winners to the reopening winners. And then when those reopening winners got too high, we rotated back. So I think the seesawing back and forth from the stay-at-home winners to the reopening winners today it's just, it's a winner for it's a winning day for all all three sectors. Are we seeing some of those travel stocks in in that sector? Is that kind of rebounding here? It seems like as more people get vaccines, they're going to want to be traveling again. 
Well, I can tell you because I was traveling this past week and and going to the airports, they're incredibly crowded. I mean, I I have not seen that many people in an airport for since the pandemic started. So I can tell you that they are seeing a lot of that. The the numbers in terms of bookings are going up. Uh, We've had lots of families taking spring breaks. Uh, we have to remember that the, the pent-up demand is huge. Most people last year canceled their spring break, their summer vacation, their cruise in the fall, and that money's been sitting in their bank. And the minute they feel secure about traveling, I think you're going to see a big wave of traveling you know, hitting the markets. Yeah, we've seen uh, a lot of reports about that. It's almost in some respects like the pandemic is over when you, when you see some of those airports. And that's <laughs> got to be good news for the people who've been impacted by that. It, it truly is. Now, it does have a negative effect. Obviously, oil prices, albeit down today, have been very strong this year, and we're starting to see uh, the inflation perking up in many locations. So uh, we have to you know, we have to weigh the strong economy that may be coming against the potential for higher inflation. If you look at the bond market, the 10-year Treasury this year, that's been a very quiet but, but interesting story. We were at a half a percent on the 10-year Treasury to start the year, and now we're over 1.7%. So the bond market is not waiting for the inflation numbers to get hot. They're telling us that We're going to see some higher inflation numbers in the future. Uh, We've gotten at least the Fed committed to keeping short-term rates low through maybe 2022 into 2023. But I think the bond market won't necessarily wait for the Fed. Is Wall Street paying attention to kind of the back and forth, early back and forth over the Biden infrastructure plan and what may be contained in it? Yes, I think I think you were already seeing a very very strong move in the S and P and Dow, specifically in the industrials, basic material stocks. And when you when you add that infrastructure bill on top of that 1.9 stimulus bill, uh, I think you you've got the wind at the back of those uh, sectors already. And now you know as we reopen, I think you're going to see more of those projects come come to fruition. Really good insight and analysis. Thank you, Scott Magnuson. He is Managing Director of Morgan Stanley in Oak Brook. Up next, details of a report involving a huge breach of Facebook user information. Hundreds of thousands of people have had their information breached. That's coming up next. Also, Stock Picker Monday at 1249. Cash, credit, debit, and totally free. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The personal information of about a half billion Facebook users has reportedly been posted to a website used by hackers. Joining us with the details on the McGrath Lexus business line, Adam Levin, founder of CyberScout, author of the book Swiped. Adam, it's good to have you with us here. So what's going on with this information? Well, thanks, Cisco. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, it appeared on a low-level dark website. You have uh, 533 million uh, pieces of information involving Facebook people. Names, birth dates, locations, phone numbers, very dangerous. Email addresses for about 2.5 million of them, Facebook ID and biographical information. So it's a treasure trove of information, which could be the springboard for even more phishing attacks at a time when you've got a lot of things going on. So social engineering is the biggest danger from all this information being there. And I, I guess it just once again reinforces, you, even even with these big tech companies, your information can get out. It's not totally safe. Oh, no, no. It, 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 listen, it, it, when I heard that a Facebook data breach, I said, it must be Monday. Um, these are the kinds of things that have been happening. As you know, the SolarWinds attack involved thousands upon thousands of companies. And then you have the Microsoft uh, Exchange Server situation that involved, again, thousands of different organizations. And uh, it, it, it doesn't matter how big a company is. It, it, the bottom line is that we're the target. We're all a target. 
And these folks are not going to stop, whether it's for ransomware purposes or getting enough information to masquerade as if they're you. I mean, think about the fact right now what's going on. You had just had Easter, Mother's Day, Father's Day, the whole uh, news coverage, of stimulus, the unemployment compensation scams, vaccine survey scams. Taxes have now been deferred, so people are going to be looking for that news. And if you have that kind of information with phone numbers, for instance, you can send texts that look like they're coming from official organizations uh, to get someone to click on a link that could put malware on their device or send them to a clone site where they're giving information to hackers. And what can the average user do short of just getting rid of these apps? Well, you know, one of the things you can do, well, first of all, if you if you want to find out more about whether or not you've been a victim, there's a website that, uh, that uh, very, a lot of us respect and use, which is called Have I Been Pawned? That's P-W-N-E-D, haveibeenpawned.com. That will indicate whether email and passwords have been compromised. Um, two-factor authentication. This is what you really need. That's where you start to uh, log on to a site and then it may say unfamiliar device, and then it will uh, ask if it can send a text to your phone number. Uh, and when you get the text, then you can continue your logon. So two things is either it can block someone from logging on, or it can notify you that someone's attempting to get into your account. The only problem now is you have millions of phone numbers out there as a result of this particular breach, which could give hackers the entryway into convincing somebody at a mobile provider to shift your phone number to their device. It's, I mean, it all seems so complicated, and yet we're intertwined in this tech world. There's there's really no way of, of getting around it. I mean, it, at some point, all of us, in one way or another, we're going to have our information out there. No, I think you have to assume the fact that if but when, and then you have to apply what I call the three M's, things to minimize your risk, things to monitor your identity, and then have a plan to manage the damage. But I think you also have to approach the fact that any time that someone tries to contact you either online or by text, and even in some cases by phone, never trust, always question, always verify, go to the source, go directly to an independently confirmed website or phone number of whatever it is the institution is that that person is representing themselves to come from. And because, again, at the end of the day, the ultimate guardian of the consumer is, has always been, and will always be the consumer. Tell us again, before we let you go, Adam, that website that people can go to to see if their information is out there. Sure. It's Have I Been Pawned, P-W-N-E-D dot com. Thanks so much for that. I'll go ahead, and in case you didn't write it down, maybe you're driving in the car, I'll tweet it out here in a few minutes, at Cisco Cotto, that website for you to check and see, at least to the best of their ability, if they know whether your information has been stolen. That's Adam Levin, founder of Cyber Scout and author of the book Swiped. You're listening to the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's Stock Picker Monday, sponsored by Wealth Management Group. Joining us, Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services, publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast News letter. Chuck, it's always good to have you on the show. What's your first pick? Uh, the first pick is Facebook, symbol FB, stock trades for about $308. What I like about Facebook is, one, when you look at the stock's chart, the, the, the stock had really traded sideways pretty much since last August. 
um, until today when it had a, a real nice breakout above that long-term trading range. And typically when you see those sorts of breakouts, they tend to have lags. So there's a bit of a, or they tend to have legs, excuse me. So the, uh, there's a, a technical reason, kind of a chart reason to like the stock. I also think from a valuation standpoint, Facebook is, is pretty attractive. Your trade, The stock trades at um, 27 times its 2021 earnings estimate, which really when you look at some of the other um, really high growth mega cap stocks, um, that's pretty cheap. So I think you get value with the stock. Their earnings and revenue should show pretty good gains in 2021. And again, you have that technical breakout, which I think is a positive for the stock. So uh, I would be a buyer of the stock. Again, that's uh, Facebook, $308 a share, and our clients do own that as well. Yeah, you know, it's sort of interesting that that's one of your picks. The reason is because in our last segment, we did a story about a hack. You know, there's maybe a bunch of Facebook user information out there. It, it just seems to go to show you that this is going to happen with every tech company, and it's not necessarily a hit to that company and their bottom line. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I think people are getting a little bit numb, maybe comfortably numb to these hackings because they seem to happen with with a, a fair amount of frequency. And I think most people, I shouldn't put that in terms of most people, I think many people feel that um, while these hacks aren't, aren't obviously wanted, that are, a lot of our information is probably already out there anyway because of all the hacks that have occurred prior to this. All right. What's your second pick? Second pick is Alphabet. Again, another tech stock symbol, G-O-O-G-L. Stock trades for about $2,222. Uh, a lot of the same reasons that I like Facebook. Uh, Alphabet had been trading sideways, had a real nice breakout today. From a valuation standpoint, the stock trades about 32 times. It's 2021 earnings estimates, but when you wash out all the cash the company has, you're probably looking at a P ratio closer to 30. So you can get value. You're going to get good growth. Their, their earnings and revenue should grow double digits uh, in 2021, uh, and you can buy it now on a, on a nice technical breakout. So that's Alphabet. Um, symbol G-O-O-G-L, stock trades for about $22.22, and uh, our clients own it. And by the way, I know these are two high-priced stocks, um, but one of the nice things for individual investors these days is that you can buy shares of such stocks in fractional shares through a number of brokerage firms that now offer kind of fractional share purchase. So no stock should really be excluded from investors regardless of the size of your pocketbook. Thanks so much. Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services, publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast Newsletter. He's our Monday stock picker. His two picks today, Facebook, ticker symbol FB, and Alphabet, ticker symbol G-O-O-G-L. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to level up your financial game? Let NerdWallet guide you with smart strategies for lasting success. Get savvy tax planning pointers to maximize your savings, money-saving travel tips for your next family getaway, and investing insights like how a 529 plan can help you send your kids to college. Unlock the key to saving to help you earn more money. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you in 2024. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. 
Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.